0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning. Good morning that creates high expectations. So. <laughs> We're in a series, Christmas. One of a kind. And last week, we started off, it was kicked off with one of a sound, of a voice that spoke. So I get to speak about something very exciting. One of a kind of light. Katie reflected today about being, about who we are. And I want to, this morning, I hope to answer some questions as to the why, the who, the what, and the how. I wish with that line about one kind of light, that is just the one-liner, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, and then we go home. I wish it was so simple. And so, Christmas time, just the season. Ho, ho, ho. Christmas is not Christmas without lights, isn't it? And you only see the light in the dark at nighttime. When you go during the day, those lights don't look like they do, and they don't reflect so beautifully on the water. And it struck me that when you go back to Isaiah, devastated cities, war-torn cities don't do this because they can't, they don't have the resources. But isn't it amazing that God's word says, you will build the ancient ruins. You will recover the devastations. And so I get to talk about something very excited, very exciting, light, diversity. And light is really about being. It's not what you do, it's what you are being, what God is doing through you. So how did this come about? Did you just fall here today and come and say, oh wow, it's Christmas time, uh, I have to shine my light? No. So, if I look at one kind of light, you go back to scripture and you realize that as Malachi ended, before Matthew started, there was 400 years of darkness. Now, that darkness does not refer to Eskom load shedding, it refers to all the evil that was there. The suffering, the devastation, the lawlessness, the spiritual blindness that existed. Broken up families, devastation, not easy. And amidst that darkness, God comes and He interrupts, He inhabits our lives. He comes and He interrupts that darkness with a cry of a baby in a manger. And I want you to read with me for that interruption where he pierced the darkness. And I want you to read with me. You can see it. Isaiah 9, verse sixty-seven. 7. Read with me. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom. The child that was born redefined our lives, it started to redefine our destinies. But how amazing is God that he doesn't just stop at the baby in the manger with them in Egypt. No. He goes further than that in Jesus' life and he comes and he gives and he makes atonement for us and he redeems us. He redeems us. It doesn't just end there. So you see this Christmas wreath, one side, just green. The other side, crown of thorns, the price that was paid for you, the investment that was made in your life. So the fathers has a heart to redeem humanity. So Jesus pursued creation to the point of taking on human form. didn't just do it from heaven without shout. He came down in human form. He inhabited our lives. So his choice to come to earth in the form of a baby, for me, reveals astounding humility. He didn't come as a big God. He came as a baby. And just the mere fact that Jesus' decision to follow the Father's plan to redeem mankind and go to the cross on our behalf, you must agree with me, that is unfathomable. One cannot think about it. One cannot even fully understand it. So just like he said to Mary, you are highly favored, I can tell you this morning, you are highly favored. Why are you highly favored? Because atonement has been made on your behalf. Psalm 32 verse 1 says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. I like the way the message version expresses it. And he says, count yourself lucky. How happy you must be. You get a fresh start. Doesn't matter where you are, how you started. You get a fresh start. So count count yourself lucky because God holds nothing against you. And you are going to hold nothing back from him. As Katie said this morning, because you're favored, you are prompted and poised to hold nothing back from him. So, is it as easy to say, just let your light shine? This morning you are invited, not only to be light, but also to be a conduit of hope to the hopeless. And you are encouraged this morning, if there is one thing you are going to take away, is that you possess your possession. There is a possession that has been made for you. And Ephesians 1 verse 8 encourages us, and he says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he called you, what are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints and the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. So you see now the awesome God, doesn't just end at the birth of a baby. Light, he carries on. And there's immeasurable greatness. You have an amazing inheritance. So I remind you this morning, you have and you are favored. You have divine favor. So believe it, accept it, and begin to love it. I looked at light. What does light mean? Is it just this bright light? The globe that shines? No. Is it a candle? (laughs) The important key word that I want to bring to you, if you look at that lamp, is connection and location. You have to be connected to the source for the source to shine through you. And you have to be with light, amidst light, to light you up at the times when you are not lighting up. So it means to make visible, it means to illuminate, it means to bring radiance from a source means to also have a mental insight and understanding. In terms of the do word, the verb, is to ignite, to set burning, to give light to others, to cause, to brighten with joy, and to guide or to conduct. So God made a promise in Isaiah 60, verse 19, and he says, the sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. So no longer relying on just nature. He says, but the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. So, in all of this, we are faceless. It's not about us. It's about that light, about being connected. Because if you are a candle, imagine yourself as a candle, that somebody had to take a match to light you up from the outside. Because the light we are talking about is from the inside out. It's not from the outside in. That is what Scripture is telling us. Not the light, not the sun, not the moon, but the Lord being your everlasting light. Because if you are a candle... You're just going to be a candle in the wind. When the wind comes, it's going to blow you out. When things come to deprive you of oxygen, it's going to snuff out your light. And then there's no more flame. But the connectedness to the source means that you can brighten. And can you recognize now that light has a switch It can be flipped, and of course, you have those dimmers that you turn brighter or dimmer. But we are called to shine our light because his word says that we are made to be light. Acts 13 verse 47 says, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. He goes on further, Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and listen to this, Thick darkness, the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. And the nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. What? A challenge. What a responsibility. You are made to light. So what do you do? What does the light do? It simply shines. That's what a light does, and it illuminates. So you have a purpose, and you have a responsibility to glow. So because your light influences your environment, it has power. It reveals, it changes things, and it has power over principalities as well, your light. So your light also may be the greatest access to Jesus that people with blindness, spiritual blindness, don't have. So what it shows is that we are amidst a people. We're in a world. We're in a dark world. And so that means that people are seeing us. They're watching us. They see how we live out our real, ordinary, daily, challenging lives. They watch you. So you have to keep it burning. You have to keep it on. How do you do that? The oil of the word. Was this important to Jesus? Oh, yes. In Matthew 24, he sits with his disciples. And he shares a whole lot of parables with them. And the one parable that he speaks about was about the ten virgins in a parable. And he spoke about the five who, in actual fact, kept extra oil. And he says, don't be foolish or ill-prepared. Stay awake. Be alert. Always ready for his appearing. So how does he how does he appear? Your light is come, and he says, "Arise." Why is it difficult? Because you are chosen, and you have been equipped. You are the light of the world. Scripture says, "You are the light of the world." A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. It means visibility. You are visible, you are seen, and so you must be seen, whether you feel like shining or not. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. So in essence, in all this, you are faceless. This is about God shining through you. Him being glorified. Have you noted, Simon Sinek has got a way of saying things very nicely. He says, when I'm asking what's best for me, that is infinite thinking. When I'm asking what's in it for us, When I'm asking what's in for me, that's finite thinking. When I ask what's in it for us, the others around me, that is infinite thinking. And there is something about having purpose and fulfilling the mandate that God has given you. And in all of this, it is for the king. So in terms of your identity... You are reminded this morning to remember who you are and who you represent in so far as being light is concerned. God uses everything in your little being and in your big being. He uses everything your character, your passions, your skills, your experiences, your words, your seats of love, and your forgiveness. He wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. So I'm reminded to you of Jesus when he was with his disciples feeding the 5,000. Jesus said to them to them, they said to him, "Send them away. Sure, we can't deal with this, because we don't have the resources." And Jesus said to them, "You give them something to eat. What do you have?" Because they said, can we go nearby to go buy something? And so he took the five loaves and the two fish without any concern that what they had paled in comparison to what was needed to feed the 5,000. And he blessed that. He blessed the five loaves. And guess what? There was more than enough. More than enough. So whatever you bring the little that you have, you bring that because God wastes nothing. Everything that you have, your capacity, and you take up your divine appointment. What I want to say is that God wastes nothing. And I speak about boundaries when I say God uses everything to touch people. Our boundaries... What do boundaries mean? John Henry Cloud speaks about it. And it's good to have boundaries. But when our boundaries are too opaque, then they translate into lines of separation. They separate. Even in the way we conduct to other people, where we, how we make them feel with our busyness, with our, with our boundaries. And that is, of course, For them to say, okay, I'm busy now. I can't see to you right now. But if they are made aware of it, they will not feel badly done by. I'll give you an example. I had a guy calling me. um, I'm in practice as well, so called to say something and ask something. And I just, you know, there's a green button and a red button. I pressed the red button. And he phoned back again. And I pressed the red button again. Can't answer now. But neither did I write back to give a qualifier to say, I'm sorry, I'm unable to attend to your call right now. I will revert. I left it. Some time ago, somebody came, he came back to the rooms. And he said, you know what? I just want to ask you something. He says, I know. You go to church. You're a Christian. I'm thinking, oh, where's this going? <laughs> and he says, you know, sometime I want to tell you. He says, just check your phone. Check missed calls. There's my number. I phoned you two times, three times. So I never got to speak to you. I said, okay, I'm sorry. What did I do? I just put it off. He said, well, I wanted to tell you something good, and I wanted to say thank you, and I wanted to ask a question going forward. He said, I felt dismissed. I felt diminished. He says, had you returned back to me and just written, sorry, unable to take your call right now, I will revert. That would have qualified it. But you just cut it off. And that has redefined how I even use my instrument in terms of how I relate, how I connect. And so this is it, that we relook at our boundaries. And we certainly look for those divine appointments because sometimes when somebody calls, that may be a divine appointment, that God is bringing for you to let your light shine. So I see this, I found this, and I thought I wanted to read it to you. It says, when a flashlight grows dim or quits working, do you just throw it away? Of course not. When a person messes up or finds themselves in a dark place, do you just cast them off? No, certainly not. You go and you help them to change their batteries. Help them to change their batteries. Some need batteries. And so they talk about AA batteries. Some need attention and affection. AAA batteries. Attention, affection, and acceptance. Then there's also C batteries. I never knew there were C batteries and D batteries. C batteries, they need compassion. And then some need the D batteries, and that is direction. And if they still don't seem to shine, simply just sit with them, spend time, and share your light. Share the light that you have. So, going away, be intentional about looking for and finding those divine appointments. Recognize them, create them, and seize every opportunity that comes your way to shine. I think we would be remiss if we don't recognize where we've come from the past two years. I don't know about you, maybe for some who had finances, and Dr. Dubé spoke about your finances and your investments, and apart from bringing your light, you're going to bring your finances also. But we've all had compromises to our finances. All I can say is, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was so much uncertainty, so much difficulties, darkness, misty. And even though they say that mist is the breath of fog, because when the sun comes up, the mist lifts. It can't last forever. It still doesn't take away that we've had difficult times. That some of us are left devastated. We are left with things that you can say, it was not meant to be this way. I was meant to be somewhere else long ago. I'm still stuck here. So in those times, insecurity runs rampant. You're insecure. Your faith is wavering. Tensions stunt your growth, and then the challenges abound, as if that's not enough, there are more challenges. They just come. And Tendai, Ganyangoni, that reads as she writes a book on how you can let your light shine. And she says, if darkness seems to be winning the battles, it can only be because light is inadequate or not doing its job. Wow. So I want to ask that today, in the word, you take comfort and you remember. Maybe your year enter devastated. You don't know what's going to happen in January. Whether you're going to go back to work, whether you are going to start off afresh and just fly with a year, start off with a high note, it's very natural for us to lament where we have come from. It's very natural. God inhabits that, and he comes and he brings us his grace, the oil of his word. And Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he comes and he reassures us. And he says, I will never leave you. The emphasis is on never leave you, nor forsake you. So you can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can systems do to me? I stand in him. Psalm 97 verse 11 says, light is sown for the righteous and joy for the upright. Zephaniah, beautiful, 3 verse 17, he says, the Lord your God is with you. You are not alone. He's shining through you. Your light may feel dark, but he's shining through you. He is mighty to save, and he will quiet you in all your stress, with his love. So let us remember. So, we're gonna start talking about light dimmers. Now that we know, we've established who you are, we've established why you are who you are, and what you are, your identity in Christ, through Christ, and Christ in you and through you, but there are light dimmers. So let's identify them. But there were some that you will identify with, maybe not. Maybe you have another dimmer, another thing that flips your switch, that perhaps turn the dial the other way. So there are storms and challenges that have really, and hardships, that have really left you challenged. Maybe you just want to hide from people. I really, I don't want to be visible right now. I just want to deal with this. Uncertainty that causes your faith to waver, wavering faith. Know this, that in those times, there are false lights and false solutions that come. And they masquerade as the real deal. And I correct 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, not 7 verse 14. Please correct that. That was a typo where scripture says, and no wonder even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So what happens when you're in that vulnerable state with a dust storm or hardships or difficulties? Oh, anything that comes that says what you want to hear, you go for it. And sometimes you have to wait until God speaks to you. And of course, watch out and discern the lights that masquerades as the real light. You have to be careful. He tells you to be careful. So in the storm, in those hardships, what do you do? Do they go away? No, they don't. They're there. They're there. It's reality. Just remember You have an appropriated covenant. You have authority. You have a mediator. Word says you have a mediator. You are reassured. You have a counselor that leads and guides you. Isn't that amazing? He doesn't leave you without that. So how do you get it? Lord, I want to be in your presence. Let your spirit come and and guide me and lead me. And you have, and must have, a Christ mentality. What does it mean to have a mindset and a Christ Christ mentality? It means no spirit of fear. That it doesn't matter what is there. No spirit of fear. Resist the devil. You are not bound by the economy of man. And you are not limited by circumstances. So he says, I will lead blind Israel down a new path guiding them along an unfamiliar way. So whatever lies ahead may be dark, but He will lead you, and He will guide you. What happens when you have relational disappointments, offenses, bitterness? Remember, all people are a package deal. They do things that you like, and they annoy you also okay? But God calls us to accept and to forgive and to shine our light. And Romans says the night is far gone. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Put that welcome mat out. Have those crucial conversations. Speak about it. Talk about it. Say, you know, our terms of engagement has changed. Going forward, how are we going to change? What are we going to do? Don't leave for the chasm to widen. And leave it alone, deal with it. So Lord, we thank you for family. We thank you for people that are different to us that you have put in our lives. And so what are you going to do? I just take the key words out. Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. Forgiving one another as the Lord has forgiven you. Because you have the peace of Christ, let it rule in your heart and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Encourage each other. Proverbs and Misa can Guard your heart, because from it flows all the issues of life. And I had a personal testimony where I was devastated. Somebody very close, a friend very close to me during COVID, just when we went on an invitation, just shut the door on me. Shut the gate on me. Unexpected the least expected. And I went away, and it completely redefined how I related. Until I came into God's word, and he guided me. Oil of the word convicted me. That is not the way to love. Redefine. Have those conversations. The last issue is grief and loss, loss, betrayal, abandonment. There are many of us who are going to sit around this Christmas table and there are people around that should have been there but they're not there. They're absent because they departed. Just to remind you, you have 24-7 access. Look at the cross, the sufficiency of the cross, the adequacy of the cross. Access everything that he died for. He died for your deliverance. He will sustain you because he is the God of restoration. What he starts, he finishes. He is all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful. And he is your God. He can fully navigate your life, your circumstances. So position in prayer, come before him, because upon the Mount Zion, there is deliverance. And your light can be restored. Psalm 18 verse 28 says, "'For it is you who light my lamp.'" So even in the grief, in the loss, in the abandonment, in feeling there is nothing, God lightens my darkness. For by you, I can run against a troop, and by my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, His way is perfect, the word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Take refuge. Turn your gauge. Exchange the dust for what God has got for you. He is faithful. 1 Corinthians one, size, one nine says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son. So if your past is shattered and you're broken, your joy has been stolen, you've got some resentments that you want to deal with, wrestle with the truth. Don't wallow in turmoil. Forgive what you can't forget. may not be able to forget it, but forgive it. Make a choice to forgive, because God enables you to make peace with painful memories. If it's difficult, make peace with it. Trade your will for his will. Because you don't know. Because as has been said, perfection, if you expect perfection, it intimidates. But compassion inspires. Hand over your dust and watch him work. Isaiah 43 says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, behold, I am doing a new thing. And he encourages you further in Ephesians 4.22 when he says, put off the old self. Exchange those old clothes of sadness, of remembering, of wallowing. Get a new closet. Exchange it. Put on new, the new identity. It says to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self that has been created after the likeness of God in true righteousness. And so I I am the end to conclude. Light dimmers, blockers, is the reality. You're going to have them in your life. So... What do you do? Remember, connection, location, is everything. Keep that switch on. Keep your love on. Do not neglect your light. You have a responsibility. Be wise, keep your light burning with the oil of the word. Be sober, renew your mind. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little tongue, what you speak. Because you have a responsibility for your light to shine. And he says, pray. What does praying mean? Just, Lord, I come to you. Please, would you take this over? No. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, wait for. Confidently expect the Lord. Be strong. Take courage. Let your light shine. And lastly, transfer responsibility back to where it belongs. It belongs with God. I have, I came across something that's written, the Jews for Jesus talk about uh, when you're going to have reflexivity. Um, It's called the Yom Kippur for Christians. And Yom Kippur is the holiest day within the life of the Jews, where they all go and they review and reflect their lives. And then, of course, what happens is they come and they make amends. So they do the five C's. They confess. They have contrition, where they show remorse. They have conversion. Come and show humility. Lord, repent. I repent. I repent to those persons that I have hurt and they make compensation, compensation. So the five C's, confession, contrition, conversion, compensation, and the last thing, consecration. To consecrate your life and to make lifestyle changes that are commensurate, what God requires from you. Change how you interact with your instruments. Change and be aware, be intentional about engaging. Those appointments. So, just as a moment of ministry, where you are, where you are seated, our online visitors this morning and listening, I want you just to sit down and reflect. Just reflect. Think about perhaps light dimmers that you've had. And those light dimmers comes over a time, it's not just a one of things. Sometimes they build. And maybe relationships have soured as a result of that, and you have not done anything about it because COVID has just encouraged that. Reveal your life. This is an opportunity for restoration. More than just lighting up the lights on the Christmas tree, but lighting up your light. And so I want you, if you find cause to stand up, I'm going to pray with you. Or if you find that you just want to sit down, you don't have light my issues, then I want you just to open your hands. And for the online people listening, I want to pray. And I want to say, Father God, I thank you. Thank you that you made it possible for us. Thank you for the atonement made. Thank you, Lord, that you are the light and you made us the light and you called us to arise in you, Father God. You've gone to prepare a place for us, but you are also preparing us and perfecting us in that way. You have good plans for us, Father God. And so, Lord, this morning, reveal the dust. Reveal those, those, those broken pieces. That, we, that have settled over our lives, that have gathered over the time. Father, we hand them over this morning. Scoop up those broken pieces. Scoop up those switches, those dimmers. Scoop them up, Father God, and bring it together so that we can shine brighter for your glory. Mold us into the likeness of Jesus to arise and shine.